thank you for tuning in to Splat Attack. This episode, we will be talking about the 30th anniversary of Nickelodeon Guts, as well as one specific episode with special guest Kristen Kirkvillite Ross. As always, if you are watching on YouTube, please hit the like button and subscribe. If you are listening on a podcast app, please leave us a review where possible. I know it's a broken record at this point, but it truly is a small thing on your part that makes a profound impact for our channel. If you enjoy our content, head over to our Patreon. We have bonus episodes, live streams, and we just released a special alternate episode. Head over to patreon.com slash splatattack. Now, head into the extreme arena and spill your guts. Welcome to the Extreme Arena, formerly at Universal Studios Florida. This is the anniversary of Nickelodeon Guts, the action sports show that made you sweat. Let's meet today's players. In the paralyzing purple, it's Brett Hyperdrive Wilson. In the petrifying pink, it's Alex Nitro Nance. And in the bionic blue, our special guest for the day, Christian Kirkvieta. Hello everyone, I'm Mike O'Malley. Welcome to Nickelodeon Guts, the action sports show where kids live out their greatest sports fantasies. Welcome, Slimesters, for another rousing episode of Splat Attack, where we're taking it back to the Slimefield past. I'm your Gactastic co-host, Brett. And I am your Slimetastic co-host, Alex. And Brett, yes. very simple question. Do I have it? Yes, do you have it? <laughs> Have what? What are you talking about? I left the, I, I left the diary of Doctor Livingston back in the Shrine of Silver Monkey. That was Cat's uh, artifact, not mine. I was tempted to take it though. Oh man, I'm so excited! I'm so excited about today. I know it's about time we finally covered guts, and what what better opportunity than to cover it for its 30th anniversary? And yes, this is another 30th anniversary episode for those who are wondering, which makes it, I believe, our sixth anniversary episode since we started last year and it is our 30th episode whoa 30 anniversary <laughs> on 30 it's 30 reception <laughs> wild uh, man i'm i'm excited and almost every time we've had an episode it's been one of those instances where either i'm very familiar with it but i got to familiarize myself with it just to be sure, or it's been one of those I I never really got the chance to watch this, and I was really looking forward to it. This is the opposite, because uh, I loved Guts as a kid, and um, as soon as I was able to get all these on DVD and uh, and burn them, no, they are not available. I had to I had to hunt them down and, and burn them. They're myself. very hard to find. Yeah, we're talking and, like uh, tape trading here. Yes, but uh, eventually I was able to get all of them and, and burn them to a DVD, and then it was just put it on the TV and just let it go and yeah. and uh, introduce Sam to it, and we'd be in the kitchen cooking, and we'd hear Michael Malley in the living room, and it uh, it's still just as cool now as it was in the 90s, and I, I, I love this show. I'm not a sports person at all. I, I can't watch sports. I get bored with it which I think is why I like Guts so much, because they take everything to the extreme degree. Extreme! 
Yeah, yeah you, you know it. Jacked up on 90s extreme goodness. Um, and what, I mean, Mike O'Malley is the perfect guy, the perfect hype man for this show because he knows how to bring it. All right, so a couple of hurdles to knock down, and now we got a mountain to climb, folks. The Agro Crack, the big challenge coming up. Our players haven't seen anything like what they're going to see coming up next. Stick around. The Crack. It's quite a departure from his Get the Pitcher hosting because he was very reserved for that show until this came around. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Get the Picture, the game show where an eye for detail can make you a winner. But before we get started, let's meet today's players. Wearing the bionic blue from Claremont Jr., Kristen Cobra Kakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakak
a blue contestant from the show, but we will get to her at the second half of our show. So we do yeah. have someone, but prior to that, we're going to give you all a bit of a history lesson with Guts. Let's let's give a rundown for all our Slimesters listening or watching at home about what Guts is, like a, just a formal breakdown, because some of you may be old enough to remember and other people who are in the 90s nostalgia community may be a little bit too young to remember this show. Um, so whether, whether you need a fresh reminder or to be introduced to this for the first time, we got you covered with all the information here. Uh, so starting off, uh, we're going to go with... Uh, the original run of Guts, because there's actually a few different iterations of it that we'll touch upon. Yeah. Uh, but the, the original Guts, simply known as Nickelodeon Guts, uh, aired September 9th, 1992. And its production dates last from August 12th, 92 to August 15th, 1995. And it lasted for three seasons, this particular iteration. And it was created by Albie Hecht, Scott Fishman, and Byron Taylor. And you may recognize Byron Taylor from a few other Nick Game shows that we've already covered on this podcast. Yep. Do you, Alex? Uh, didn't he do like the make, Think Fast and Make the Grade and Double Dare uh, as well? Double he did Dare all the Finders Keepers. Yep, he all had a hand in all of those. So it's it's nice to see some familiar faces that helped cre uh, create shows that shaped our childhood. And speaking of the, the of the theme song, while I, while I'm thinking about it. It is the only theme song. First of all, the theme song is awesome. It's one of my favorites. It really but amps you up. Also, yes, it does. And it is the only theme song that has ever got me in trouble. Really? Of all theme songs. Uh, because my mom was at a barbershop or beauty salon and getting her hair done by my aunt, who was a beautician. And it was just us. There was nobody else in the place just them and i and i was playing with some toys over in the corner and i got the theme song stuck in my head and there's there is a rap there, there, there is a version where you can hear the entire theme song Do you it takes a certain kind of person to get the body working to the level of precision that's needed to be risen to the top Do you have it it takes a certain kind of something to keep the heart pumping, something everybody needs to achieve to succeed. You'll need a lot. Do you have it? But let's face it, the, the one thing we all remembered the most is... Do you have it? Do you have it? I kept saying, guts, and I'm playing... I didn't say anything else. I didn't say the do you have it or the, the rhythm or anything, just guts. And I was playing with action <laughs> figures and I was beating them up or doing something with it. And when I got home or in the car and started going home, my mom starts going, I really wish you'd stop talking about guts. That's disgusting. <laughs> if she only knew what you actually meant. And I tried to explain to her, no, it, it's a game show. It's a sports game show, you know, kind of. You know, you gotta have guts to, but I was not eloquent enough to put it down that way. The only thing I could come up with was, it's it's, it's a Nickelodeon show. Mm -hmm. I don't care. It's gross. Like, no, that's not what I meant. But now I can't. Now it's too too late. I can't re I can't rebuttal. But I mean, uh, Alex's mom, if you're listening or watching this episode right now, this is what he <laughs> meant 30 years later. I hope you forgive him by then. 
Uh, I guarantee you she's forgotten it by now. But Probably yeah, only, only theme song that ever got me in, into any kind of trouble, of, and of all things. Not not uh, even the Salute Your Shorts one, where it's no. like, It makes me wanna fart! No, even, even that one never got me in trouble. I, it's I'm the surprised. only one. Huh. But anyway. That's on. a fun little side story. Um, I mean, we could go into our own personal memories and ties to Guts if we want before I continue um, giving the breakdown. Sure, go ahead. What, what have you got? I mean, I'm mostly a Legends kid, uh, but I did watch Guts when it was on because, you know, anything on Nickelodeon, I was like, yeah, I love this. Give me more. Um, and, of course, I fell into the whole trap of being, like, imagining myself climbing the Agro Crag and just taking in all the glory of lifting that massive hunk of glowing green rock above my head and showing it off to all my kids and having, having it as a nightlight in my bedroom and just being, like, the coolest kid on the block. Um, nothing, nothing really materialized out of that, but my appreciation of Guts has definitely shaped what kind of sports I've got into in, in, amongst the few sports that I've actually participated in growing up because I'm not really a sports person. I'm more of like a, a creative person that likes art and music and stuff like that. But I did do track and I did like bike riding a lot. And I know there's like a few bike riding themed um, and running themed uh, events in Guts. And those were like my inspiration to like you know, be competitive and do better and see if I can win any medals or trophies. So that that had a hand in me getting into um, like cross country and track growing up. Uh, basketball, not so much, even though I do enjoy a game of hoops and slam a jamma. I just I, I didn't understand how the game worked. I just like shooting the hoops. I didn't actually like moving around the court and passing the people. And I wasn't that great at it in a gym class but i was really good at dodgeball and i learned a few techniques from like that free kick event where you have to like get the soccer balls away from you so you know i think it subconsciously just influenced my enthusiasm towards gym class and like extracurricular activities growing up uh other than that i can't really say too too much in terms of how it's affected me now, but I love singing the theme song and I love like getting into that competitive spirit whenever I watch the show. Uh, it's highly infectious. And I want to take all of you 90s kids back to the 90s and remember how impactful sports was in general to our age. Uh, because... It, it seems like the sports is far less impactful for kids now, but back in the nineties, Michael Jordan was huge. Oh yeah. I mean, he, he had Hanes commercials. He was, had commercials for hot dogs. McDonald's. And then there was, and Nerf. I mean, you didn't have just Nerf guns. I mean, you had Nerf footballs and basketball sets and, uh, and then, of course, Space Jam, which was the ultimate in in the 90s. But, uh, I mean, there were constant video games that were all about, about sports. And, and they were constantly thrown at you. I mean, NBA Jam on Sega Genesis and mm, uh, all the different Ken Griffey Jr. baseball games. And, uh, I mean, it, sports was everywhere. And I, very similar to Brett, but a little a little different, but... Yes, I'm a very creative person. I love I love art. I love music. I love theater. But I also enjoyed doing sports. But it was it was very different. I don't like competitive sports. Uh, I just want to play, just to play, 
Now, yes, I will compete and I will try to have fun, but there were, especially when we were kids, there was a lot of people who would just, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in it for the win. And they would get mad at something. Either I'm mad because I'm losing or I'm mad because you're not doing well. Or then you get those who are doing well and, they'd, and then they'd brag. And, oh, you're, you're, <laughs> yeah, lots of I don't ego want there. that. That's not fun. Yeah, that's not fun. I, I just I, I just want to have fun. I'm I'm with you wholeheartedly, and that's probably why I didn't go further to you know win more accolades during my you know brushes with track and similar sports is because I don't I don't think comp I mean some for some people com competition is great, but for me it doesn't really do anything. I don't need to prove to people yeah. that I only know for those events that I'm better than them. I just want to have fun experiencing like just playing it as you said without really having anything attached to it and i think yeah. a lot of people have forgotten how to enjoy sports in that way like everything especially yeah. if like shows like ninja warrior and wipeout and titan games these days i mean it's all about the competition and crushing you know yeah. your opponent instead of you know the heart of having fun going through all these obstacles and sportsmanship and you know, we'll touch upon that a little bit later, too, when we uh, talk more in depth with our guests about, like, some of the key components of Guts that really made it relatable for all kids, not just sports-related yeah. kids growing up. Yeah. And uh, and when this show came out, when Guts came out, I going back and thinking about because I, I had mentioned it in a previous episode, but I, I like Legends. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I love Double Dare. I love Nick Arcade. Nick Arcade was one of my favorites. Me, too. But... Uh, but I, I like Guts. Uh, I like Guts more than Legends uh, just because it looks like it would be a lot of fun to do the entire thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Legends was an elimination round every single time. And plus, I'd be terrified to go through the temple and get a temple guard, which, again, mentioned last episode. But I remember watching the show, and it was one of the very few 90s Nick shows that my brother and I would really sit and watch together because he was a huge sports nut uh he's always watching basketball in the 90s and um it, it was one of those that we could just sit and enjoy just the two of us but i i loved guts and the amount of times i'd go to school and hear other kids in school get so i don't want to say uh jealous but wishful thinking of i would love to go on that show and get up get that aggro crag it's a lot harder than it looks i assure you continuing on with our breakdown of the original guts uh the series was actually filmed at soundstage 21 at universal studios florida on a set dubbed the extreme arena which was not part of the nickelodeon <laughs> studios complex but was actually rented by them and that's taken from their guts wiki fandom page uh, in addition, there are also three contestants, each in a colored sport gear, you know, outfit, either blue, red, or purple. They would compete against each other in various events that put a spin on sports, often utilizing bungee cords, wave pools, or track, you know, track and field events with pitfalls and perils outlining the arena. The players would endure four rounds of athletic assault involving a plethora of sport-based challenges in which the point values of 300, 200, and 100 were awarded to first, second, and third place respectively. At the end of this gauntlet stood the mother of all equalizers in this arena, Diago <laughs> Crag, <laughs> uh, a, a 28 feet behemoth standing boldly in the way between the contestants and victory. 
This beast has a slew of hazards ready to burst at the players during their ascent to the top while they hit cleverly placed checkpoint actuators along the way. Point values actually skyrocket to 725, 550, and 375 for first, second, and third place, meaning there's absolutely no chance they'd be a tie at the end of this exhausting ordeal, even if they were a combination of players ending uh, the previous four events in a tie, which did happen on rare occasion. Uh, to match the show's uh, American Gladiators feeling while mixing in a grading system akin to the Olympics, a host and ref were bought in to both connect with and hype up the audience during each event of the show. We all know and love them as Michael Malley and Moira Mo Quirk, a dynamic duo whose banter and reporting would keep young viewers coming back for more every episode. Uh, if you want more information on Guts in particular, you can refer to this Ringer article that we have shown on the screen of our YouTube episode uh, for Guts behind the scenes content and development. Uh, so some notable features of Guts are the debut of the Agro Crag for seasons one and two, and it being upgraded to the Mega Crag in season three. There's also the Spill Your Guts rundown list uh, that they introduce usually in between each event leading up to the Agro Crag uh, for each player where they do like name, age, hobbies, and what guts equals uh, to a value that that kid uh, most embodies when they're competing. Uh, there's also a special type of guts episode called Guts All-Stars where perfect game winners compete against each other uh, to win up to $2,000 of scholarship funds. And this features a rundown of eight events instead of four, and also a unique variation of the Agrocrag trophy up for grabs, which you can see here. Alex, do you have any memories of Guts All-Stars or anything else you'd like to note about the original run of Guts? Just because it was mentioned so quickly, because there's so much to talk about. But the one thing that is my absolute favorite is Mike and Mo, and uh, the amount of times where he just goes bonkers, and then it cuts back to Mo, <sighs> take a nap. I, I, I love Mo. I love them both. They're they're so fun. Yeah, I, I really love their banter. It's a highlight to me too. And uh, she did tell me to do that too when I was uh, shit talking <laughs> guts during uh, episode twenty one <laughs> when we reviewed the SNES game. So. Oops, I, I, I can't in good conscience give this anything higher than a splat splatastrophe, so <laughs> F this game. <laughs> Take a nap. I, I mean, it, I mean, it's hard to control, but I, what else can I say? I mean, that was just oh, my experience. Man. It's so fun. It's so fun. But yeah, the first three seasons of Guts, uh, it, it was a staple of my childhood, and um, I'm loved i was i was jealous because these games look like so much fun because they they took all simple premise games and kicked it up to like i said the extreme degree with the uh, use of the bungee cord a lot of times uh, and sometimes even punishingly in, 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 yeah so. in impractical ways Pract look, let me say it again in impractical i can't say that word in impractical impractical ways <laughs> Uh, because one of the games we're, we're going to talk about later, but there was another one where th they're having to defend goals. Oh, yeah, fumble. Three... I hate that one. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, it's like football would come down. Yeah. And yeah, it's they're like attached to them. each other 
Yeah, they're attached to each other with bungee cords, so if you would pull one direction, it would pull the other player the closer towards you, and they would miss the football that they're trying to get. Oh, yep. that one is menacing. Believe it or not, they use that game or a variation of it in uh, Dwayne Johnson's Titan Games on Peacock TV, where they're both. Oh, really? The competitors are both like attached to one cord, and they have to go to their end of the arena to like essentially grab a bunch of barrels and throw them over the the edge of the arena so that they can score points. And it's just like wow, such a struggle to watch. I feel bad for the players going through that. I mean. I don't know what they're thinking when they're designing that other than let's let's make really push them to their limit of pain. Ooh, no thanks. <laughs> but the the All-Star episode, I don't I didn't remember seeing it as a kid. I'm sure I did. I just had no memory of, of watching it until I had found it again as an adult. It it was on a VHS tape, which most people remember it from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I also remember it specifically due to the fact that um, the the earlier seasons of Guts had like this little mascot that was like a yellow kind of stick figure mm -hmm. who would do different mm -hmm. events and you'd see his emblem on the side of the event as Mike was introducing it. So they actually got like a actual mascot costume of someone dancing around the, the extreme <laughs> yep. arena, just, you know, going along to the Do You Have It Guts song and like people. Some people are afraid. Some people are confused. Some people are excited. What's going on here? We don't know because this is the first and only time we actually see him. I mean, we've got, you know, Chucky and, and Ren and Stimpy and Tommy. Where's the Guts figure? I want to see him go to a Nick Takes Over Your School. And right? then everyone just go, what is that? Yeah, yeah. It, it might be a little menacing, too, just to see that guy, like... <laughs> walking down the hall bursting through like the gym doors and like throwing a bunch of dodgeballs at you like he has no character to him he's just like a figure like a symbol just have him have him stand outside of a used car lot sales uh park parking lot and just yeah. flap his arms there you go <laughs> <laughs> that's what he's doing now exactly yeah that's how he can make himself most useful uh <laughs> Good times. That trophy though looked pretty pretty baller because it wasn't just like the normal like cutout of the green rock. It actually was like this weird mini green iceberg on top of this really tall guts podium with like a mini golden trophy underneath. So man, yeah. if if you happen to win that trophy, you're like set for life. You got you got like the trophy to end all <laughs> trophies for kids television. Agro Craig. Legend. Yeah. Agro Crag is just as legendary as the, the legend temple, I would say. Um, and the kids, the kids actually won scholarship prizes and also engraved plates instead of medals. Uh, so I thought that was an interesting variation for that special. All right. Well, that's, that's pretty much what covers uh, regular guts, but we're going to amp it up a notch to global guts uh, for season four, because this aired in July 12, 1995. And this time we're going international with kids all uh, all over the world from various countries, such as like Mexico, Russia, Israel, Spain, Portugal, UK, among many, many others. And uh, I thought it was really interesting that they took this approach to Guts because it seems more like, you know, the Olympics at this point where they have like the, the metal tracker that uh, Mo, you know, shows uh, on the episodes to start out with. And then they also have like the Spill Your Guts amping it up with like, videos of the kids practicing various like athletic abilities while 
having a translator, you know, speak for them. And uh, even the Global Guts uh, logo and medals also changed too. It's like a big metallic like globe with like the Guts emblem imbued into it, like a ring of Saturn. It's it's pretty neat. And of course, you know, because they're all about that, uh, you know, Guts image, Michael O'Malley is wearing like a hockey jersey with the Global Guts logo as well. And he's he's as loud as ever this time. Oh, gosh. <laughs> all right, folks, we got to clean up the Extreme Arena because we got two more events to go. We got a perfect score on the line. We got Invisible Boat and we got Pick to Pick. You stick around. The thing I really liked about Global Guts and this fits so perfect with Nickelodeon at the time because they're all about unity for kids uh, because they were all about wanting to help kids realize they have a voice with like the kids pick the president and of course kids toys awards but uh, and then also get involved with your community with the big help and I have never seen a kids competitive game show become global and it wasn't about which team is better which again we talk about later but it was just let's expand it and let's show just as much support to the other countries as we do our own in terms of this game show and i thought that was really cool yeah yeah i think it's you know kind of like how are you afraid of the dark has its you know, colorful cast of characters all representing different cultures. Guts is very much an assimilator of all those cultures as well. And I thought it was a really nice touch that after the, well, during the award ceremony, they play the national anthem of the first place winner. You're here in the Mexican national anthem because Fernando the Hawk is gonna take home a glowing piece of our radical rock to show everyone back home in Mexico that he came to Global Guts and he won. But yep. they also have all three contestants do a victory lap around the track and field, uh, circling the extreme arena with their nation's flags flowing behind them like capes. Like, it, it just really, even if you're not from those countries or you don't know anything about those cultures, it really gives you a sense of pride and honor and just like that unity feeling yep. they're going for, being a part of like, these group of kids from all sorts of lands just coming together to compete and most importantly, have fun. That's right. I'm about to shed a tear right now. It's beautiful. <laughs> if only the rest of the world <laughs> could think that way in 2022. We kind of went the opposite direction since COVID. Ugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, even but, before uh, COVID, but um, that's beside the point. Yeah. But anyways. Um, I'm, some I miss Nickelodeon. I miss 90s Nickelodeon. They, they really yeah. were all about just they were about the kids and not about SpongeBob. Money. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're, I mean, we're kind of filling that void now, doing the best we can to preserve the slime filled past. But, you know, it, yeah. it's the best we can do. And of course, there's streaming services and DVDs that help keep the shows alive and the communities active. So yes. it, it really comes down to you, Slimesters, to just really celebrate and pass on this this special time in Nickelodeon history that it really touched our hearts and engaged our minds like no other period of television history. And we'd love to, you know, yep. extend that and preserve that as long as possible. But uh, getting off my getting off my soapbox for a moment and back in the global guts, here's some notable features that you may notice uh, that are a little bit different than the previous guts iterations. 
so of course we have the super aggro crag, which is like a hybrid of both the regular aggro crag and the mega crag uh, that features more dangerous, quote unquote, <laughs> obstacles such as like, you know, ice fall, you got big boulders, you got this weird like jutting out cliff that you have to climb backwards to get up. It's, it's pretty wild. Um, you also have, you know, players from all, all around the world, as we mentioned. Uh, we also have revamped events. Many of them are bigger and badder than ever, uh, particularly ones that come to mind are like Zero G, Peak the Peak. Uh, there's this one ski down one where they actually built like a mini mountain so that players can go down them. And I think it's either skiing or like bobsledding, something to that extent where it's like snow themed. And yeah. I just felt, you know, wow. When I, when I saw that, they're, they're really going for it. They're really like taking this to the next level and I'm here for that. So yeah, I mean, that's Global Guts, ran for one season and it was just as great as the previous three. Can't complain here. Uh, however, what we're gonna introduce next, you might be shaking your head in terms of like, why is this a thing? And I think this is, oddly enough, this showed up before like, you know, our culture became way too saturated with reboots because of nostalgia. But yeah. we do have to mention it for posterity's sake, so we're just going to briefly mention it, whether you want to check that out on your own or not. So there's this, there's this version of Guts called My Family's Got Guts, and it aired from September 15th to 27, 2008. That's how popular it was. It only lasted a month, not even. <laughs> and but somehow, <laughs> somehow overseas, like in the UK and Australia, it lasted for two seasons. So apparently, something clicked with really? their audiences that didn't work for us in the US. Yeah, yeah. Air briefly, uh, I believe, on Nick Gas, and then it got pulled shortly after they went defunct. Uh, so. You know, it, it, it's it, it very much shakes up like the original formula almost to the point where it's hard to connect the two together uh so you have the host ben lyons uh in place of mike o'malley and then the ref who's an australian star asha Curtin, uh as the you know kind of doing the dynamic duo thing there and then uh there's also a green team added which you know i i love the color green that's great but instead of like three separate kids competing of course you have two teams of four instead of, you know, that typical lineup. And they also have silver helmets instead of yellow. Um, there's a different Radical Rock trophy. It doesn't really look quite the same or it doesn't have that same appeal. Uh, there's also a different competition structure, such as like a preliminary semifinal and, you know, bracket type structure where there's also an aggro bowl tiered bracket system. It's it's very convoluted and confusing and it's, it's very much a turnoff. It's like, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna take everything that worked before, throw it out, and then we're just gonna make it more complicated because more complicated means better, right? You know, progress, and that does this it does not translate very well, and I don't recommend it. Um, uh, it it's got some interesting obstacles, but they're way more complex uh, to the point where it more closely resembles shows like Ninja Warrior or Wipeout than actual guts events like. There, there's very little connection there. Um, mm -hmm. Of course, you got the sleek modernized graphics for the logo, which doesn't quite have the same appeal as like the marker writing with the, the yellow guts font over it. Uh, it's, it more resembles like a mountain with, you know, extra text crammed into it. And then there's also a point value uh, used to gauge uh, head start time on AgroCrag instead of determining the winner. So it's, it's a slightly different dynamic and 
I, I tried to watch a couple episodes in preparation for this one. I, I found it very difficult to get through just because there's there's too much shell shock that I I experienced or PTSD from just all the changes happening. I mean, maybe maybe guts whiplash if you want to call it that. I didn't even know this was a thing. Uh, I was well out of the loop when uh, my family's got guts become became a thing because again this was two thousand. Eight. Eight. Yeah. So, so yeah, well yeah, we're, out of my both of us. Yeah. And uh, I've heard through others that this it, it wasn't good. So I never even bothered to go take a look. You know, it's all about asking that quintessential question: Do you have it? Guts. Speaking of having it, <laughs> there's actually some famous contestants that uh, have also made appearances on Guts, in addition to other types of sports celebrities. Uh, so just to name a few, we've noted that AJ Me McLean. Uh, of Backstreet Boys was a contestant in 1992. He competed against Amanda the Accelerator Bulger and Jamie the Jackal Mendelssohn. Uh, he ended up winning the silver medal and he was on the blue team and he won first in only the slam and dunk event. So he's really good at shooting hoops with a bungee cord attached to him. <laughs> uh, in addition, we have Anna Roadrunner Morris, who's actually a Hollywood stuntwoman now, and she competed in 1993 uh, against Wallace Lauren Sheely and Paul Running Man Batson. She ended up winning the gold medal and she was on the red team. And she happened to sprain her knee during the basic training event, which we we might have touched upon it before, but some of these events get really intense to the point where we see some nasty spills. I know I've seen my share through like the tornado run one or like the, the biking variant where they have to go over some ramps or like some uneven ground and oof. I, I feel for those kids when they they take a dive. Oh yeah, yeah. We also have uh, Mike Flea Vogel, who turned out to be an actor uh, from 1994's season. Uh, he ended up winning the silver medal and was on the blue team, and also won the Agrocrag event, pushing him up from third to second by the end of the game. So if that means anything to you, that's pretty cool. Uh, in addition, <laughs> we also have famous guests who kind of played off of Mike and Moe's banter in between the events, including uh, yeah. Wendy Bruce, who is the only guest in 1992, Lawrence Taylor, who is the only guest in 93, and also in the All-Stars VHS tape, Evander Holyfield from 1994, uh, Charlie Ward from 94, Adam Oates from 94, Piccabo Street in 94, Dominique Wilkins in 1994, and get this, and so Katie socks piety in purple with 875 uh, my, points will be getting the my, bronze medal. Yes, Mo. My, I, I can't find the medals anywhere. What, what, I, what, what do you mean you can't find the medals? They're where they always should be. Oh, my God, look for them. I... E.T. E.T.'s got the medals. E.T., the extraterrestrial, who happened to be the only guest in 1995 during the award ceremony of Global Guts. Uh, what country is E.T. from? <laughs> um, so we, we did touch upon Mike and Mo before and their involvement with Guts because they're pretty much the front men and, you know, the faces of Guts, aside from the spotters who help out. And uh, they're actually still good friends to this day. 
uh, though their careers keep them very, very busy, which is why they're not here for this podcast episode. <laughs> um, however, aside from her grandfather, Mike is actually the only person who calls her Mo, which I, I find that interesting. Um, and I guess it's really just the 90s Nickelodeon inside information kind of thing where, you know, we only know her as Mo and not Moira formally, uh, you know, unlike like her other work she's done mainly with like voice acting uh, outside of that. Uh, you know, aside from that, uh, Mike has continued to pursue acting to this day uh, with over 52 credits under his belt according to IMDb and most notably acting as the characters Burt Hummel from Glee which uh, lasted from 2009 to 2015, Stuart Daniels from My Name is Earl from 2006 to 2009, and Jimmy Hughes from Yes Dear 2000-2006. As for Moira, she's also had an extensive acting career and is still active today, known for her most notable roles as uh, Brit and additional voices on a 2000s Nicktoon, My Life as a Teenage Robot, uh, which aired from 2002 to 2006. She's also voiced the emu, rehabilitation worker, Monkey, and Jane in various Wild Thornberries episodes, uh, and Carla, Carlia, excuse me, from the video game Elder Scrolls V Oblivion, which I know was a massive game when it came out. Um, and she also, you know, did a role called Hannah Her, I believe that's right, from How to Train Your Dragon Netflix series, Dragon's Rescue Riders. So she's pretty active in, uh, you know, Hollywood doing various voiceover work. When she's not focused on her passion for cartoon and video game voice acting, She's an active participant in various cruise sound departments and has narrated a children's audiobook for Audible called Fossil Hunter, How Mary Anning Changed the Science of Prehistoric Life. And any opportunity I have to mention James Bond in any of my episodes, I'm going to do that because she also did an audiobook. Uh, there were three people who were doing the audio for it, uh, reading different parts, and she read all of the female roles for the audiobook of The Man with the Golden Gun. Oh, wow. That's pretty impressive. She would make like a great cue, wouldn't she? Moira Q. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it lends itself to it. Uh, um, oh, how could we also forget that both Mike O'Malley and Moira have b both been contestants on Figure It Out numerous times. Uh, that's like a great melting pot of a game show from celebrities all across uh, Nickelodeon history. So I'm sure if you haven't seen those yet, you should definitely watch a few episodes of Figure It Out. Also, Mike O'Malley has hosted the Super Toy Run contest in the early 1990s. So I think this predates Guts, if I remember correctly. But he, yes, he kind of had the same commentator vibe going on when, you know, the kids cross the finish line and they talk about their experience of, you know, racing against the clock to grab as many toys as possible. That the When he uh, hosted it, it may have been in the interim between Get the Picture and Guts while they were getting the show going. It, it total, total guess, but that just makes sense to me logically. No, it does make sense because Super Toy Run was most popular from 1990 to 1992, and that's when they aired a lot of the commercials. So, yeah, I guess he was, you know, getting his feet wet as uh, a sports commentator uh, when segueing from Get the Picture through those uh, contests. Uh, so that pretty much sums up our, our little bit of history of Guts and, you know, Mike and Moe. Uh, so if if you're curious about, you know, the rerun history of Guts after it finished its run on Nickelodeon, uh, they continued to air on Nick from 1995 to 1995 as reruns. 
And then they hopped over to Nick Gass with a second wind, stretching from 1999 to 2007, which was the channel's death date, unfortunately. Since then, it's been rarely spotted during Nick's The 90s Are All That segments uh, programming blocks uh, in 2011 and on. Uh, it also made rare appearances on the spot in 2015, which is kind of like an offshoot nostalgia Nickelodeon channel that, you know, it, it had its brief time in the sun, but most of these channels no longer exist. Uh, I'd say the best way you can find it today are either trading VHS tapes with your friends in the 90s Nick community, or you can actually find a few episodes on Paramount+. Plus. There, there's a lot of episodes for, for Guts on Paramount+. Plus. I don't think they have all of them, but they've definitely, get, definitely enough to be worth your time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think there's at least over 200 episodes of Guts, so you're going to find at least a few that you can enjoy, whether you know you can find the whole compendium, compendium of them on a streaming service mm -hmm. um, or elsewhere. Yeah, the, the, the majority of it is there, so there's quite a bit of the history saved. Uh, finally, for those who watch modern Nickelodeon or just want to catch a glimpse for a little treat, there's actually an episode of Sanjay and Craig from 2016 called Guts Busters, where Mike and Mo reprise their roles for an animated imagining of the Extreme Arena. And I actually find it quite amusing, even if you slimesters aren't into newer Nick shows, um, because it reminds me a lot of the Roundhouse, sorry, not the Roundhouse, the Loud House Legends of the Hidden Temple crossover that also happened around 2016, 2017. Um, and I think that was just playing to like the parents of the kids who were watching those shows at the time. Uh, you know, something for them to enjoy while the kids who, you know, it flies over their head, they can still enjoy their, their characters that they've become attached to. And of course, you know, no, no Guts uh, anniversary special would be complete without mentioning the merchandise because uh, there's quite a bit. You know, maybe, maybe not so official, but it does exist out there. Um, so Alex and I have compiled like a short list of some of the Guts merchandise that we spotted in the wild. If you're interested in, you know, finding some for yourself. Uh, sad to say, I don't actually have my own Guts shirt. This is just a, you know, a wannabe get up to embrace the spirit. Maybe, maybe when I have the money to get a few shirts for every Nickelodeon show we cover, I'll do that. Um, but for the Guts merchandise we've found, we've seen, you know, shirts of the logo. We've seen hats with the logo. We've seen a Nick Box straw, uh, drawstring gym bag that you can wear on your back. Um, of course, you know, I did some art for, for one of my friends uh, that we'll show on the screen here. Uh, her name's Endless Alexander. She's an avid 90 Nick fan, and you can see her as the red team uh, holding up a piece of the glowing rock because she is a big Guts fan too. Uh, we also have the Agrograg trophy replicas. Oh man, there's so many variations out there, both homemade, 3D printed, some of the actual ones, uh, miniatures. I mean, you got the Nick Box keychain that looks like it. You've also got like the LED little lamp nightlight thing that they released recently. Um, you know, you also have, as we mentioned, the, the Notorious Guts SNES game, which I guess counts as merch. Play it at your own risk because obviously I didn't have a good experience with it, but you may have a little <laughs> bit better time playing it. Uh, uh, so I, I think that covers it before, I think that covers it before we, we get into uh, the nitty gritty of what it's like to be on Guts with our esteemed guest today. Alex, do you have any final thoughts before our commercial break? No, uh, I think we've pretty well covered most of the show. Uh, yes, there there is some you can find on YouTube, and there is some on Daily Motion, but 
your best bet is to check out Paramount Plus if you really want to check this show out and and relive it again. Uh, because uh, again, being in the social media groups, I always see somebody who is always asking, "Where can I watch these shows?" Uh, whatever show it is, and most of the time, it's going to be Paramount Plus. But uh, there there is a few underlying shows that are are skimmed over quite a bit, uh, which we've addressed a few of those already. But yeah. the big ones like this one. Paramount Plus. So, this episode is not sponsored by Paramount Plus. No. <laughs> they should. I mean, that would that would help us with our production budget. <laughs> Maybe we can build our own extreme arena if Paramount Plus gives us a million dollars to endorse their streaming service. I don't know. That's right. That's right. You never know where Splat Attack's going to go, just like Nickelodeon went. But, That's uh, right. Yeah. We can dream. Do you have it? Money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Do you please. have it? No. No. <laughs> it actually remind it actually reminds me of a parody shirt I saw during the guts merchandise researching I was doing that says instead of Do you have it guts? Do you have it butts? And it's in the same logo <laughs> style too. <laughs> uh, I'd wear that one. I would too, just to see who would like pay attention to it at a bar. <laughs> All right, uh, but. Yeah, enough of our banter. Let's uh, go to the locker room and take our commercial break before we get back into the action with our mystery guest. All right, we've heard all about guts. When we come back, we get to hear from the Cobra herself, so stick around. Nickelodeon Guts will return in a moment. Back to school. Back to school with Snick. Tonight, sit in on a class with the Space Pacers and learn why they're called the Space Pacers. Then, it's a lesson in magic on a brand new episode of Alex Back. Next, hang out with the class clowns of all that, featuring musical guest, the twins. Then, board the school bus. And head on home to the adventures of Pete and Pete. So sneak back to school tonight at 8, 7 central on Nickelodeon. Brett, I see uh, a little digital figuration going on here. Yeah, it's a little pixelated on the screen, but I think, you know, I'm pressing some buttons on my gamepad, and it looks like something's coming up on the game screen. Who can it be, Alex? Is that I who know. I think it is? I don't know. Who, who's, who's coming through here? It's none other than Phil Moore. What if our Nick Arcade 30th anniversary episode never happened? This very thing almost happened. Due to a schedule conflict, we were afraid that we wouldn't get to talk with Phil Moore, so we recorded a backup episode just in case. Some aspects of the alternate episode are similar, others are vastly different. You will only find this alternate version exclusively on our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash splatattack to step into an alternate dimension. And now back to Nickelodeon Guts. And we're back for more Splat Attack action on this Guts anniversary special. Um, we we also have to talk. Uh, uh, you know, we we've talked a lot about the history of Guts and you know <laughs> the timeline that we've been on. But we, I think, it'd be more interesting to you know hear hear from the player's mouth what the experience like was to be on that show. So uh, let, let's let's pull one of the contestants aside before they jump into that wave pool behind me for their next event. And uh, 
say hi to Kristen Kirkbliet, who was on an early episode of Guts. On your mark, get set. Trailing Amanda by 300 points. She needs a powerful jump. Hello, everyone. And uh, I want to give a big shout out to Viva90s. Uh, he was the Instagrammer who had actually told us about Christian being on both Legends of the Hidden Temple and on Guts. So hopefully we'll have Kristen on again to talk about her Legends episode. But uh, thank you so much for reaching out to us and letting us know that. And thank you, Kristen, for taking a very random call and uh, in agreeing to be here. So thank you. I'm really excited to pick your brain about Guts. Yeah, my pleasure. So let's, before we get into the episode itself, what motivated you to want to try out for guts well um i i really love competition um and i used to well i'm very athletic played a lot of sports growing up um but like who wouldn't want to be on tv right <laughs> and it's just a really fun show um, but yeah, even when I was in grade school, we'd have this obstacle course every year and I would like plan and try to just train for it and be as quick as I can. I was so, I have videotapes of just being so serious while I'm doing the obstacle course. So this is just right up my alley. And were you on, were you on Legends first or Guts first? I was on Guts first. I'm assuming you watched it before you went and Yeah, auditioned. yeah. The, the crazy thing is, um, we, our family lived in Wisconsin until I, um, until I was 11, and then we moved to Florida. And so we never watched Nickelodeon. We didn't have it on our TV station. And so I moved to Florida, and that's when I was introduced to Nickelodeon and started watching the shows. So it was really neat to, like, jump right into it. Yeah, fresh off the boat, you just jump into the action. <laughs> What do you remember about the, do you remember anything about the auditions? Because it's been, it's been quite a while. I, you know, I was talking with my mom trying to remember. I really have blended the Legends and the Guts audition. I can tell you, my mom saw an advertisement in the newspaper and the one ads like to, for tryouts for mm -hmm. Guts. And so that's how we learned about it. Um, I can tell you that I was barely uh, heavy enough to be on Guts. Like I almost didn't, wasn't able to be on it because I was too light for the bungee cord activities. So like I was, I think I, I remember trying to gain weight until my episode so that I could actually like make sure I was heavy enough to be a contestant. But I don't remember uh, specifically about the Guts tryout. Um, so for those who don't know, Kristen was on season two, episode 11, which was uh, Kristen versus Adrian versus Amanda. And it aired on October 10th, 1993. It was the 58th episode of Guts Overall, too. And one of the few episodes that featured uh, all female contestants. So um, I believe I believe the events were like Bullseye, Free Kick, Invisible Boat, and mm -hmm. The Longest Yard. Do you have any specific uh, memories going through all those events when you're on the show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, your background right now, the invisible boat, that was that was really a tough one for me. Mm -hmm. I imagine. <laughs> I, was, I was stuck and I just, 
yeah, I had no idea what to do. And then at the end, I was just trying every creative approach I could and threw the pad on there like, they've never seen that before. What do we do? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like they're just throwing you into the deep end and expect you to go to the shallow end and while they're timing you. <laughs> right. <It's> like, ah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame you for feeling that way because oh. um, the, the pool events are just to let you know they're like my least favorite events because they just look like a big old struggle like i i like being yeah. in pools i like swimming in pools but when i'm doing it leisurely competitively it's like hope you don't drown because there's all this stimuli around you yeah right. the struggle bus was real on every one of the pool events yeah, yeah. It, it didn't matter if it was like boogie down invisible boat the one with like the giant ball that caused the waves i mean it's it's pretty much just make it from point A to point B and somehow just block everything out so you don't go underwater. Now, I am assuming uh, that Guts did, uh, they're filming very similar to uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple where they would do several episodes a day and they would do all of one segment a day. Uh, does that does that track? Is that right? I, yeah, I remember just being there one day and I... It's again, I'm blending my memory with legends. I remember there's other contestants from other shows there. Um, and we would talk about it when we weren't on our show and, you know, we'd really? have breaks. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I'm, I'm remember that with legends more cause there's more people, but mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure with guts too. Did you at all chat with your competitors and and just get to know them prior to going out and doing the different events? Yeah, we um, we did have time to talk. I don't remember getting to know them a ton. Yeah. Um, uh, we were middle school kids. We we're about to be on national mm -hmm. TV, like you know lots of nerves and um, just excitement wanting to do well and they were our competitors so mm -hmm. yeah sure makes, make, makes sense i mean a lot of the game shows pretty much just throw you into the bullpen from the get-go so that yeah. they can get the filming done um yeah. and that's that's what we've noticed too in previous like legends episodes we've talked about um did you, what was the experience like uh meeting michael malley and moira quirk for the first time on the show yeah, that was, they're great people. Everyone was, I just remember it being a really positive experience. All the people who are helping would give us tips and were um, just really positive people to be around, real encouragers. Yeah. Glad to hear that uh, Mike isn't too in your face because he does tend to have a high energy <laughs> that rivals uh, Phil Moore and Mark Summers. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh no, he was great. He was great. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Um, well, since we briefly mentioned the events that you were in earlier, um, I, I, I'm sure everyone wants to know, what was it like to climb up the aggro crag? Oh, that was so much fun. Um, we we did get to practice it once before. Like, I think we practiced, well, I don't remember practicing the, the water one, um, mm -hmm. but I know we did take a look at the aggro crag. I don't remember if we got to do a full out run or they just kind of explained to us what mm -hmm. We are going to do but it was just a lot of fun and of course the adrenaline's going and mm -hmm. uh, you're not really sure where the other person is so yeah, it, was, it was a good fun experience i was going to say was it hard to see like going up because i feel like with all these boulders going on and the actuaries you have to hit and even like the the glitter snow that's falling on you i would be very disoriented after like the first actuator oh yeah for sure 
Well, luckily that didn't affect you because in your episode, you know, <laughs> you ended up getting first place in the gold medal. And, well, uh, and, that, and, and purple did miss an actuator and they did have to go back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I do remember there are some hard feelings about that. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, she's like, I thought I hit it and yeah. I should have yeah. been first place. I was there. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I couldn't see it, and I just trust the people there were making their best, you know, yeah. decisions. Yeah. I mean, that's mainly why they have spotters for every event to check that exactly. everything's going by the rules. And I know the Agri Crag in particular in all of its iterations, it's it's kind of tricky to maneuver up. And sometimes people like go outside their bounds or they miss an actuator or they have to like go back down because they didn't, you know, hit a footing right. It's, it's, it's a very technical event, um, more so than it looks on TV, because to us watching it at home, it's just like, whoop, just, just go up the mountain climbing wall, you know, like a climbing right. gym. But... Uh, when you're in it, I imagine there's like a lot of strategy you have to think about, maneuvering, lots of dodging obstacles, while also like keeping that focus and determination on point so you can get up there and hit that like flag actuator first. Right. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Since you end up winning the, the AgroCrag and your events to go with it, um, we know that you are awarded a, a piece of the Radical Rock known as the AgroCrag Trophy. <laughs> uh did did you end up showing that to like anyone at school or family members and i, I would love to hear your experiences yeah. about that because it's a very coveted item in the 90s yes. nostalgia community it is and um yeah when i first got it like it was in my room all the time and um so maybe you know this already but it was a, the one that we received was the plug-in lamp you know it didn't mm -hmm. just yeah. yeah um so then it eventually got stored away, but it came out when I went to, away to college. And I would put it in my window whenever I had news to tell my roommate. It was like my signal, there's something we have to talk <laughs> about. So that was, yeah, it was just a fun memory. Um, unfortunately, I do not have it anymore. And oh. I'm so sad about that, especially watching the show with my kids. They're like, where is it? It was like, uh, grandma got rid of it, so. Oh. I think it wandered its way into the temple because things do yeah. tend to show up there. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But um, yeah, I've had people reach out to me on social media wanting to buy it. And um, wow. man, <laughs> I wish I could have asked but it's, it's gone. So. Yeah. Well, well, at least you got to enjoy the glory while you had it. Yeah. It is a beautiful trophy that's very symbolic of your, your triumph over many difficult athletic-oriented events. And to everyone out there who tries to buy one off eBay, shame on you because you have to earn your trophies. You're not <laughs> and we, we know, and uh, most people who are diehard fans of Nickelodeon and, and especially Guts are already well aware of this but uh, every single time guts gets brought up and the trophy gets brought up there's always someone or a group of people who aren't aware the aggro crag that the kids get to take home is not the one that you saw in the show uh because in the show it was very the, the one they hold in the episode is was a very expensive prop and they weren't going to make a whole bunch of those for the kids to take home so it, it very much was a lamp like a, a neon lamp in the in the shape of the aggro crag and it had a little plaque at the bottom that had what they ranked what season what show and um it like Kristen said it was just a lamp but it was 
a really cool lamp and uh actually more of her quirk she's got a picture of it uh her yeah, profile we'll, picture we'll, we'll pull it up on we'll pull it up on splatech for you guys so you can see it in more in detail yeah her her profile picture is with the her trophy so it's the same one that everyone else got yep i believe that's the global guts trophy too because um it, it mentioned that at the bottom yeah, I think they finally gave one to her and Mike after once the series was coming to an end. They're the real winners of the show when it comes down yes. to it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, how, how would you say Guts and Legends influenced you as a person growing up? Like, I, I know you're an athletic person, as you mentioned before, but do you think you took anything special from um, winning those experiences on those Nickelodeon game shows? Or did you, like, watch Nickelodeon more as a result? You know... I don't know that I, I don't remember watching Nickelodeon more after, I, I think we were just, there was something that it was probably the same amount that we watched before, which was a lot of it. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it boosts my confidence, right? To go on these two game yeah. shows that were televised and to win them both and to have, you know, really positive experiences. Um, There's a, a real boost to my confidence. That's great. As it should, because the, yeah. there are people who would love, I mean, there's still people who would love to be on those shows. Right. And even watching both, you have those players who, they try, and they just, it doesn't go well. And then there's some who just act like they don't even care. Uh, I'm, I'm here because mom dragged me. But uh, but uh, be able to do as well as you've done in both and get the victory yeah. for both it's it's impressive you, you are a testament to both of those game shows heart and spirit of uh competition and integrity yes very much speaking of guts and how it affects you i'm wondering how it affects uh people today and uh i'm, I'm kind of curious do you think that if the show were to come back in some form that it would be able to influence kids of the 2020s at all oh boy well my eight-year-old watched the show with me yesterday or yeah i think to review it and he loved it um so i think he would just he would want to be on that show and um yeah it was also so i have three boys an 11 and eight and a, a three-year-old and the 11 year old loved it too the three-year-old he was like this is boring so um, but yeah, I think that it's just a fun, it's it's just a fun competitive game and who wouldn't want to be a part of that? Yeah, I, I certainly love it just for the atmosphere where it feels like, okay, this is track and field, but it's done in a way that's conducive for kids to have fun, not just compete in like that, like fierce competition way where, you know, feelings get hurt and you, you break a leg or something and it just doesn't. It, it kind of quickly unravels like guts it always felt like this is about the spirit of the you know playing sports this is about teaching kids good fundamentals about having healthy competition and you know reinforcing values as a result of the experience and i think it's done that pretty well for you know all the people who grew up watching it and even competing in it as well yeah and that's something that you would see let me rephrase that that's not something you would see a lot of times with competitive shows uh, especially nowadays because they they always have those segments where they would be talking to each other and then they would do those moments where they would talk directly to the audience at home and it's usually very competitive I'm, i want to get this i want that i want that and guts never really felt like that uh yes it was a competition between three very athletic people 
but I don't really recall ever seeing a moment between the games where the three were they held any kind of animosity between each other. They it was usually very jovial, very you know, way to go, supportive. The uh, the peace sign always came up at some point. Even on this episode, um, at the very end, the red player took both of you by the hands and and went for a bow at the very end which uh, again not something you really saw a lot of times on the show but still it's i don't see any real anger or frustration it's just yeah. it's it's a competition it's meant to be fun and let's have fun with it yeah and good sportsmanship too yes very much so well i think it helped too that that the hosts weren't trying to pair, you know, make us fight right. with one another. Yeah. They were just, you know, wanting us to each do our best. Yeah, and they're always attentive to, uh, you know, seeing how the kids were doing. Like, hey, that was a pretty rough, uh, you know, invisible boat ride that you managed to get through. How did that make you feel? Like, tell us about that. You took first place in this last event. What was that feeling like? It was neat. Um, flying through the waters, walking on the water is really fun. Now, Amanda, did you find it difficult at all to to maneuver yourself in the legs and what what do you find was helping you more the paddle or your leg movement not my legs they, they were very interested about the kids like event to event to event it was never like well you know johnny got first place in this and he beat this character by like two seconds so he's he's awesome look at him go it, it's it's just more about like making sure kids are having fun but also like getting their experiences out there too because i think yeah. that's in line with the nickus kids philosophy that was so prevalent in the early to mid 90s of Nickelodeon. It's been said, but every contestant that's been on the show, they have a little sub name uh, where like it would nicknames. be, yeah, little nicknames uh, like the Crusher and things like that. And I and that was stuff that Nickelodeon came up with. Uh, I I don't I've not heard a person yet say no. I asked for that name, mm. uh, but one thing that they started to do in the later season uh, i don't i don't know if it was season two or not i don't i don't think they put it in two i think they started it in three in global guts but it was the um the video segments uh when they would do spill your guts they would actually yeah. have it a video interview of the person beforehand it was just a well Moira Court reading a dossier essentially of what they yeah. were, what they have done. And they had always said, uh, especially in season two, for this contestant, guts equals you know, perseverance or what have you. Is that something that they genuinely asked you, or was that also something that they just pulled out of a hat? Yeah, I, I don't remember. I wish I did. I know the Cobra part for sure. They made, they gave that to me, but yeah. the comp guts equals competition. I mean, that's me. I mean, whether I came up with it or they did, they got, they nailed it. So, um, yeah, maybe I did play a little, a little role in that. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Preston Cobra Kirkflick loves sports. 11 year old Cobra strikes fear into her opponent's heart, whether she's playing basketball, football, or baseball. For Preston, guts equals competition. I always wondered, like, how they came up with the nicknames, too. Like, um, you know, Burton Brian Ingalls comes to mind. Like, is he really fast that he just blazes across the track field? Or, like, you know, if someone called the hammer because they hit the ground hard when they're running or, you know, punching through obstacles? 
gets me curious. And also yeah. what Alex and my nickname would be if we were to be on the show. Uh, so this episode is very much about guts, but you, you, you can say whichever one. Which episode did you enjoy doing the most, uh, Guts or Legends? Probably Legends. I was a little older, a little more confident, and they just had amazing prizes, you know? Like... Like a box of nerds. <laughs> I have to go to Mexico. <laughs> that, is, that is pretty amazing. Uh, so what I want to do real quick, uh, because we haven't really talked about the episode in general, we, we just talked about... Um, we gave a quick breeze through for the games that was played, but this was a really close game. Points-wise, this was really close. This is one of the closer ones that I've seen, and it was really fun to watch. Um, I know I would have been frustrated as a kid because I was always Team Red. Everything I watched, every no matter what it was, I was always red because that was my favorite color. But uh, But I still it was still a super close game and I would have appreciated that even as a kid. Uh, but the first event bullseye uh, for those of you who are listening, this was essentially because it's guts. Everything is extreme. Everything is taken to the nth degree. And uh, there was a target up in the air and they would have to bungee jump off of the uh, platform with what they said was a crossbow, but it was the Nerf bow and arrow yeah, with the Velcro. The and, back. Yes, and whenever they would, uh, they jump down to the ground and bounce back up, and then they would try to shoot the uh, arrow onto the target, hit the ground, and bounce back, and then just keep going. That they, they wouldn't reload it; they would just give the bow and arrow out pick a new one that was loaded and then jump back down and rinse and repeat, try to get as many as you can. And for this one, uh, I think it was, uh, no, it was purple. Purple had eight targets, which was really impressive. And uh, Christian had three, Adrian had two. Do you remember anything about doing that competition at all? I remember it was, it was really challenging to coordinate like my balance, like when to shoot it. Um, there's just so many different dynamics of you know jumping trying to hit the target where you're supposed to, to land to jump to and then at what point in do you shoot the arrow and so yeah i was really impressed with amanda getting so many right on target um that was really impressive did you feel like you like got a rhythm once you started jumping on and off because i know uh bungee jumping was a little bit of a concern when you were getting on the show yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. If, I think if I had another thirty seconds, I would have nailed it. Mm -hmm. Brett, what do you think was would be easier, doing that or the video game? Oh, I'm gonna say that <laughs> because I actually know how to jump. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if you heard it, Kristen, but we reviewed the guts SNES video game for episode twenty-one of Splat Attack, and I gave it an F because it it controls horribly, like. I can't even move the D-pad without like falling on my face and losing all my health bars. So uh, yeah. because of my unfortunate experience, I had to give it like one of the very, very few F grades we've given on the show. But that that's not and to say that the Guts show isn't amazing because it is. No. I'm just saying the video it's game great. experience I had was awful. The game the game was, was, it's quite the challenge, but in that game. In its own way. <laughs> that game essentially is there. I mean, they've changed the the it's a football or a basketball or something, but it's the same thing where you would jump off, hit the ground, 
jump back up and then get your target and, and rinse and repeat. Yeah. But um, that was the first game. The second one was Free Kick, which was... Blocking the I, soccer balls? Yes. Yeah. Uh, where they would be three... Uh, all three would have their own goals, and then they would have multiple cannons. I think... Was it two or more than two? I think it was two. And the, it looked like that there was one on left Each and side. right that would that right. would shoot. I didn't think they had more than two, but uh, they would shoot multiple soccer balls at the at the contestants, and they would have to block as many as they could. And um, this was another pretty close one uh, because uh, Amanda in purple she had twenty five, which again is a really awesome number. Kristen was so close; she had twenty two. And uh, Adrian, uh, poor, poor Adrian. She 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 only got two targets in the last round, and this one she only got six blocks. But uh, she'll 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 redeem herself she'll, later. She'll come back. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of curious what was going through your head when you had all those soccer balls flying at you, Kristen. Like if you had a strategy or just kind of reacting to wherever they're flying. Yeah, pure reaction. You know, just being ready and. I think playing different sports helped me to with my reaction time. So it was it was fun. But yeah, trying to figure out where the ball was coming from and where I should be prepared to block. And uh, it was said on the episode when Mike gave his uh, you know one on one interview, what was it like? And and the the answer was that it's you you don't know which one was coming from, so you you didn't know how to prepare for it. Was just. Again, as you said, very reactionary. Now, did you find it was difficult to maneuver in, you, in yourself in there? Yes, very difficult. You had to go on one side and the other and figure out who was going to let go of it first. Who was going to, which cannon was going to shoot a soccer ball at you first? The third event. Uh, Back there. Okay. <laughs> I, I, again, I, I, I side with Brett. I love guts, uh, which you all heard in the first half of this episode. But the every pool event was super, super rough. And um, I go back and watching the show. And the moment I heard when they went to commercial break and they were going to go to coming up next is the invisible boat. I went, oh, no, they're going to do this yeah. one. Because uh. that's probably the worst one, in my opinion. Uh, so for those who don't know what this is, is there, again, like most of the games, they're attached to a bunch of cord. And they're given a uh, an oar. Yep. and a paddle and they're trying to walk on water essentially and just use that paddle to m push them forward and um, and there's also like uh, jet streams of water coming from both sides to make it yes, tougher yes. extreme i should say and um christian was the first one to go and she really struggled uh she uh, there was even a talk uh, that Mike was wondering if there, she was going to have a penalty because she had to have a spotter help her, but Mo had said, no, there, there's no penalty, but I will say that the spotters had to wait 10 seconds before we spotters can help. She's getting some spotter assistance. She may get a penalty for that. We have no penalties in this event, but our spotters must wait 10 seconds before they assist. And, yeah, like... Kristen had said she she reached the end she wasn't going anywhere the legs are going but she's not moving forward at all so she just I wonder if this will work and chucked the paddle over to the end to hopefully get to the spotter and then of course Mike's going no no that won't work that won't work you gotta go you gotta touch you gotta get the touch <laughs> okay Mike thank you 
but uh, I think he's just stretching in that case. <laughs> he was, he was, and, and that's what he does. That's what he gets paid yeah. to do. Keep the energy yeah. going, uh, yeah. even whenever there's a lull. But um, then uh, Adrian and Red went, and what happened holy, here? Holy crow! I mean, she completely redeemed herself for the past two games because she flew through this nine yeah. seconds. Yeah, that uh, was. I don't even know. She she should be like nicknamed Adrian the jet ski because she just flew right across it like it was nothing. Like she had an engine in the back of her invisible boat. Um, I know. I know. I mentioned this in in Legends with like the whole Cobra Temple game thing and how the Blue Barracuda Brett like shimmied up it in like seven seconds. I think this was a new record for invisible boat in that similar regard because of just how fast like. They got from point A to point B, and water had no effect on them whatsoever. Oh yeah, done. Just flew through it. I've been walking on water so completely, and uh, and then Amanda on her run, she I think hers was about average. This is usually what yeah. I would see on the show, anywhere between fifteen to twenty-five seconds, and she was right in the middle at twenty-one. Yeah, so that's that's pretty standard. But um, do you? You had already touched on this earlier, but has anyone ever commented? Because I know if I know if I tried this, I know my parents and my dad would have been on my case. Why don't you just go? Just go. What kind of reactions did you get from friends and family after uh, in regards to this uh, particular competition? No, I don't remember any specific ones about that, you know, just over about the overall show. Um, But yeah, I'm sure my brothers teased me a little bit or or, yeah, without a doubt. One of the things that I thought was wild that they thought they could make this work is that you're hanging, you're like suspended from like some sort of rack in the air by a bungee cord and you have to just propel yourself with an oar. And if you don't like yeah. reach a certain like height so that you can like get down enough and get enough like I don't know what the word is, but like it, it makes it easier to paddle the water. I feel like you're like higher up, which made it harder for you to propel yourself for when I looked at it a couple times. So um yeah, that's that's an instance where the bungee cord was kind of working against you, but that's okay because the next event you you blew everyone out of the water <laughs> and into the sand with your oh, long man. jump at the at the longest yard. Um, Alex, oh, do you want to tell us more about that event? Sure. Uh, so essentially, it's it's the long jump, which we've seen on many times. Usually, they would just run to the sand pit, jump, and then the farthest jump you get is is the one that's counted. But this is guts, so it's a little more. Uh, Added, added to it because now we've got the bungee cord so it's not a run and jump it's a jump and jump and uh you would get three attempts and uh Kristen's first landing was in the 12 foot range which is a, a very respectable start and usually what i've seen is when they get to the 12 feet mark or a little bit past that's usually it so I was thinking, okay, well, this that's probably going to be it. And then her next one, she got a little over a foot more in the 13-foot range. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that, that's, that's probably it then. And then on her third jump, she went past 16 feet. And I was, it was so 
beautiful. Yeah. Because it was the most composed I had seen a and and you'll see it with the other two when they jump and they're going to get on that landing pad in the sand, they're kicking their feet the entire time. And whenever they land on the ground, they count the foot that is farthest back, not the one that is farthest front forward. Mm-hmm. Kristen's technique was so smooth because she had jumped and then kicked to move forward and then put both her feet together and then just raised her knees up until the last possible second and then hit the ground. It was so well done. And I don't know if that one was a record too, but it may have been. And, yeah, I felt and, like I was uh, watching the Olympics when I witnessed her gracefully go that far. I'm like, yeah, yes, yeah. Oh, yes. Man. Oh man, it was so cool. She got and, she got uh, and she got the, practice in the pool so that she can jump farther on the <laughs> <end>. <laughs> And then the others, um, they, they didn't. They stayed right around the twelve foot range. They just couldn't yeah. get past. And uh, they really seemed to struggle with the bungee cords. Uh, everyone seemed to start struggle with the bungee cords uh, because Chris on the invisible boat. These two struggled when they were jumping off of the platform to hit the ground in order to go towards the sand. Uh, because there was a couple times, especially for Adrian. She hits the ground and le- it almost looks like the legs just caved in and came right back up. It, the, and then one time, uh, Amanda, her it looked like she hit the ground sooner than she was expecting because the the legs kept going, but the body was trying to move and they they struggled uh, a couple of times with that. But it was really really good. What do you remember at all about doing this one? Oh, it it was a lot of fun and. Um, yeah, I remember watching that that specific one on previous shows before I was on, and um, I, yeah, it was just. I guess that was that was my perfect size where the the bungee fit me. It, it was in my favor for that one, but I loved watching my show. And I'm just like, wow, look at those splits, and, oh, <laughs> and that was like form i don't know how it's not like i was practicing long jump anytime before that but (laughs) it was a lot of fun to do that one did you have any other experience that you feel could have helped you in that particular event like have you done any other types of sports or perhaps like um some sort of like dance dance activity to help with that yeah I, i up to up to that point, like I played, I had played baseball and basketball and just, um, I did do a little bit of dance classes, but you know, I, we didn't have track and field yet where, where I was. So that was not until high school, but I, I think I brought some of those skills from guts to my long jump experience in high school. <laughs> uh, but of course we've got to end the episode with the aggro crag. Uh, which we had again touched on earlier, so we we've got a little bit of Kristen's experience with that. But yes, uh, up to this point, the score was really really close. Uh, so the aggro crag was definitely a deciding factor, yeah. and Kristen Kristen took it home. Uh, she she got first place, but again, uh, Amanda, who was in purple, she was about halfway up the aggro crag, and then. The spotters were telling her, you need to go back. You missed one. You missed one, which you, you can see that the light was not spinning. 
uh, because every time they hit the actuator, the, the little siren light will start to turn on and spin. And uh, Kristen got up to the top, and she, she could have you know, ordered a pizza by the time the others had gotten up there. She, she was up there for a bit, just got to enjoy the show. But uh, Adrian and Amanda, it was really, really close watching them get to the top because they got to the, the wall climb about the same time and then it's they were really fighting to get up that wall climb and it was fractions of a second how close the two were because it was bam bam and uh, with Amanda in purple just just beating out Adrian and uh, Kristen taking home the win holding up that glorious radical rock that had to have been an awesome feeling, though, to hit that actuator or hit the final one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a great feeling, and too, it just I, I'm just thinking about like uh, the thought going is just do your best and have fun. You know, it was still it was just like oh I don't you know I don't know what was happening with the other two, but I'm here. Oh wow, I'm the first one here. This is amazing. Um, so it was it was a lot of fun. It was a great feeling. Yeah, that was awesome. Definitely. And then, of course, the final end result was Kristen. You can't really see her, but that is her. Yeah, why is her head cut uh, off? But <laughs> I don't know, because the Zoom screen is being a little turned. I, but, well, uh, put it this way. Her head is over yeah, in the Zoom screen, okay. and her body is over there. So if you stack them on top of each other like a puzzle, it kind of works. <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, but Kristen took home the uh, oh hang on a second there's one last thing I got to ask how Do you short have it? is it, I wish how how short is Moira Quirk she is short um, <laughs> right, none of us are standing next to her but yeah she's a shorter person um, I, I'm imagining I may have been taller than her. I don't remember. You probably were. Uh, yeah. The only reason I mention that is because now going back and watching every episode, poor, poor Moira, when she went to put the, the awards around their neck, she had to have all of them bend down, bend down, bend down. Of course, and, and yes, they are on a raised platform. But she's done it. She did a uh, an interview for Podcast The Ride when she was talking about her time at Universal Studios, not just at Guts, mostly at Universal Studios, because she had done a lot with theme parks, and it was actually how she got to be involved with Guts. But uh, she was remarking several times throughout the interview, I'm a very tiny person. I I'm a very, very tiny person. And there was a picture that I had found where she's standing next to mike for some of the interviews that they were doing and she had to be on a race platform just to be at least close to his height so yeah going and watching this episode and every episode when it gets to the awards ceremony and watching moira just come down come down come down and put the awards around their neck i'm like ah, yeah you were tiny but uh kristen won the first place of course and uh amanda in purple was uh third place and adrian no 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 second place and uh adrian and red was was third did you get to keep your gold medal Kristen? i did get to keep it i don't know where it is so i may have it somewhere in storage or it, it may have gotten lost in a move but yeah we 
I do remember we we got to keep the medals. Well, after you won your gold medal, did you like, like, did you have any reaction from anyone at school, like the next day after you were on Guts at all, or even Legends when you came back from those experiences? I, I cannot remember that part. Um, I, I was asking my mom, I was like, did they tell us not to say anything until the episode aired? I don't remember it being something we weren't like allowed to talk about with friends or anything like that. You know, there wasn't that mass internet communication at the time, so that yeah. we would ruin the surprise of the show. Um, but yeah, I'm sure my friends thought it was cool. I, I wore the medal every day for about a month to school, <laughs> and it was like, You're like, hey, hey, <laughs> what's kidding, that medal? I did going not on? do that. Uh, oh, I would have. I absolutely would have. <laughs> yeah. This is your um, new champion. Yeah. You will address uh, me by Mr. Guts winner. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is my get out of homework pass, right? You know. Yeah. No, you will address me as Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure you wore the gut shirt this school, and it made a few heads turn there because, you know, Nickelodeon is pretty popular. I think I then. wore the gut shirt to school. Really? Really? Yeah. Well, I I remember wearing it as a Halloween costume when I was a young adult. Um, and that was pretty cool. Got a lot of, you know, wow, you were, what? You were on Guts? That's so cool. Um, Do you ever have anybody who yeah. didn't believe you? Where'd you get that shirt? I was on the show. Oh, no, you weren't. <laughs> no. no, I didn't get any of that, surprisingly. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, I was just a really shy person. And so I don't think it was something I was out, you know, gloating about. I think my friends knew about it and the word probably got around but it wasn't like you know come to school and flaunting my shirt and my medal um i didn't do that until i was older and it was a little cooler like yeah do you remember that show i was up uh, you know like like the fame has finally sunk in <laughs> yeah could we get a better look for our uh, viewers sure Sure. Let's see if I can back up a little bit. Oh, it's got, it looks yeah. like it has some, uh, awesome. yeah, some so, orange mesh on the side. Right. There's some mesh there. Um, but I mean, I must have been swimming in it when I was a kid because it fits me perfect right now. Wow. Oh, wow. What are the odds of that? <laughs> That's great. Thank you for sharing that with us, That's by the way. So cool. Yes. Yeah, you're welcome. We were geeking out because obviously him and I were both too young to be on Guts and Legends, and we both, that's like one of our bucket list items that we would have completed if we were born earlier. So excuse us if we get a little too excited for you at times. The question that I had was, of the competition games that you played, which one of them was your favorite? I think... Um... Probably either the aggro crag or the bullseye game. Yeah, just really fun. Both of those were fun to do. Do you have any favorite Guts events in general that you liked from the show, if you watched any other episodes? Yeah, there. I think there was a basketball bungee one, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, there so was, that was probably uh, the basketball was in the game. Very much the same as uh, bullseye, except it was right. just a basketball hoop. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then there is a variation yeah. of that called Slamma Jamma, where there's like, uh, like a weird yellow cylinder in the center, and there's like three aerial bridges like in a triangle, and they all had to like, um, like bat the basketball in their colored court uh, to see who could get it first. Mm -hmm. 
So, you know, they had a few different varieties of different events throughout the tenure of Guts. Like I know uh, the track and field one where they'd have like people either rollerblade or running or bicycling or do a recumbent bike where they'd like have to sit down and pedal uh, for like a Mad Max event. Or moon shoes. Oh yeah, they had to do that one time. <laughs> yeah, one time. Did, I, you did, know, after, I don't remember if it was after Guts or after Legends, but they asked me to do a practice run around the lap wearing the moon shoes. Really? Oh my goodness. Yes. What was that like? Yeah. I mean, it was it was fine, but I just remember like this like I remember they were they asked me to try something, and so maybe they're trying to like test it out for a future show. Probably. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that there there was somebody who stumbled and fell on that one. Yeah, yeah moonshoe relay race was was not a good idea. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they were they were very popular in the early '90s and they looked cool based on the commercials, but I don't know how practical they were because now that you're saying that, I actually remember wearing moonshoes for my elementary school field day, and we had to do like similar events where we had to like go around cones of partners or like you know toss rings while like walking across a, a field, and it was just like. How am I supposed to do this? I mean, I know I'm in first grade, but it's like I have mini pogo sticks on each foot and I don't know what direction they're going to go next. They're, they can be unpredictable unless you have a strong sense of balance and uh, rhythm from the get-go. Yeah, a lot of sprained ankles wearing moonshoe. Yeah, I thought we would go into like favorite overall events of Guts versus just... Um, from Kristen's episode as well to wrap things up. Uh, my, you had actually touched on one, but it was the track and field thing. I forgot the name of it, but it was the one where they used the little carts and it would go all the way around. They would go up uh, a ramp and the Mad Max. couple of the tracks were coming apart. Mad Max. Yeah. And uh, go through a wall, brick wall at the end. Oh, it was <laughs> so cool. And uh, zero, zero G. I loved zero G. Uh, which essentially was... Uh, and for those who don't know, that's essentially a track and field in the air, and they would have to use the the, the bungee cords to essentially be parallel to the ground and go all the way across. Yeah, they're uh, like ninety degrees, a, incredibly like that. Very disorienting. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I think I like the the high jump, uh, which essentially was the same thing that uh, Christian had to do with the long jump where it would be three jumps, but they would raise the bar uh, higher every time okay. they would make the jump. And you and they only got three. And I, I don't know. It's simple, and I always like that one. But yeah, those are it, my favorites. It was interesting to watch for sure. I just remember them standing out because they had that, like, hazard black and yellow striping on it that looked pretty, like, extreme, of course. <laughs> um, I would say for me, I mean, you already mentioned Zero G and Mad Max. I like those as well, just because they seem very action-packed and, you know, a lot of fun and outside the normal, like, realm of sports. Um, I also like basic training, believe it or not, because I am a big fan of obstacle courses, and that was part of the appeal of me liking Guts and Legends. And it's also, like, they have a variation of it where sometimes they'll either... Uh, end with like this big like parachute pillow thing or you can go down like a, a water slide into the pool to cool off after without having to do any swimming whatsoever yes. so that was like okay you know this looks a little safer i can just chill out here after you know running through the gauntlet instead of like be drowned by 10 foot waves and this giant ball and jet streams coming at me <laughs> so that seemed that seemed a little more uh pleasant and now that you say it, yes, basic training was one of my favorites as a kid. I actually got into a lot of trouble over basic training. 
How? Because I would do ba- I would do basic training in the living room. Mm. And uh, I used to take all the cushions off the couch yep. and I'd make a pile over on the floor. Yep. I would uh, tr- I would try to get uh, chairs and stack them in the way and that would be the uh, elastic jungle and I'd try to crawl through the the things I'd get on the recliner and then I would have the legs come out and the head recline and then I would walk across it so so that way it would tip over and then I'd get off and then it would flop back over and now that's usually when mom would start to what's that noise and then I'm walking across the uh no I jump onto the couch stand up walk across and jump back onto the pillows for the big pad at the end and then about that time mom would walk in and yell at me and I'd have to put everything back and do you know how much this furniture costs do you know I don't care I'm only eight also you're wearing a helmet so you're thinking about safety first can't argue that (laughs) uh yeah i was smiling the entire time you said that because i literally did the same thing for both guts and legends particularly mad max Mm -hmm. i would run around the house up and down the stairs i had all the couch cushions lined up so that i can bust through the wall of cushions at the end with my sister if you know we were playing together and going through like up and under different chair configurations and under like the dining room table to mimic the elastic jungle it was Man, it was so fun to be a kid back then, like both on the show and watching yes. the show, because just something special about the energy of Guts really made you want to be a part of it in some way. Uh, in since we talked about our favorites, uh, I think I know what Kristen's least favorite was. Uh, Kristen, do you have a least favorite competition either to watch and or do? Yeah, I think it was the Invisible Boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pool yeah every one in the pool that's mine mm-hmm. I- i'm kind of curious now that i'm thinking about it do you prefer the the moat on legends over the pool on guts oh definitely definitely yeah. seem more safer to go through i second that yeah even if there were alligators or prawns in there they never bothered anyone well brett shall we go into think fast to make the grade sounds good to me we're gonna go from the extreme arena to the mental arena with all these trivia questions so roll the jingle time to think fast to make the grade uh so question one of think fast to make the grade guts edition uh, this is for one point. What is the name of the cube frame obstacle in basic training that shows slows contestants down more than any other obstacle? Alex? <laughs> uh, that was the elastic jungle. That is correct. Yeah, that, that one would slow many people down because of all these different massive, oh, yeah. massive elastics that they had to either crawl through or under and... Oh. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love basic training, but that getting through that, I always wondered if I would survive getting to the other side if I had to go into that thing. So, yes. uh, absolutely yes. Yeah. Uh, question two for one point: How many rounds, excluding the Agrocrag, do teams compete in events against each other in an episode? Kristen, four. You got it. It's four plus the Agrocrag. So we're tied up one to one. Question three for one point. 
What is the full name of the Guts referee commonly referred to by Mike O'Malley as Mo? Alex? Moira Quirk. You got it. One point, Alex. She now, had said in that interview on the... Uh, she had said on that interview with the podcast The Ride that Mike started that. That was not something they made for the show or the show or producers or anyone else. Mike was always trying to get everyone to call her Mo. And she said it never really stuck. Uh, Mike was the only one that ever did it. Uh, despite his efforts, still most people just call her Moira. Interesting, because I only know her as Mo. <laughs> Of Gus yeah, fame. yeah, and most most nineties kids do, but yeah. nope. In her world, it's always been Moira. Interesting. All right, Alex says two, Kristen has one. Still early, so you can still catch up. Uh, question four. We are now getting into the two point question, so this gets a little more interesting and a little more difficult. So, question four: What is the name of the event that requires contestants to run ninety degrees perpendicular to the floor across an obstacle course that wraps around itself? And what season did this event premiere? You get one point for each part of that question. Kristen, any ideas? Well, I remember you referencing it, the track, mm -hmm. one of the track games. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming this was part of Global Guts, but no? No, no, it wasn't Global Guts. Oh, really? I saw it on Global Guts. No, was it? was it? Was it Global? Yeah. Yeah, I saw it in a few of them. It, 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 but that's not the answer that I'm looking for. No, no, it, it, it came out in season three. Okay. Um, I, I forgot if it was on Global Guts. I just remembered it from three. I, I think because that's where it came out, that's what I associate with it. Mm -hmm. But uh, but Zero G was the, uh, uh, was the name of the competition. Yep. You got both points, Alex. Question five for two points. Which one of these events was only featured for one season out of the four Guts aired in the 90s? A, Invisible Boat, B, Basic Training, C, Eat My Dust, or D, Moon Race, which is the one with the moon shoes you were mentioning. Ooh. Kristen. Moon Race. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I, yeah. I have the whole breakdown. Yeah, D, Moon Race, that only lasts for one season. And what I have written that I was just reading was that Invisible Boat lasted all four seasons. Uh, basic Training lasted for seasons one, two, and four. And Eat My Dust lasted for seasons one and two. Yeah, I'm, I'm like an obsessive nerd. Sorry. Um, so Kristen got two points for that. The score is now Kristen three, Alex four. Question six for two points. What is the name of the trophy Guts contestants win along with their gold medal? <laughs> and what is the nickname Mike O'Malley would refer to it as? Well, the piece of the aggro crag and mm -hmm. who would call it the rock. Yep. Yeah, the aggro crag or the radical rock. Yep. You got it. Yep. Kristen is now Take in the lead. glowing piece. Of the radical rock. Kristen now has taken the lead with four points. Alex is, sorry. Kristen has taken the lead with five points, and Alex now has four points. So it's anyone's game for the final three questions. Question seven for three points. Now it's getting really tricky, so get ready for this. What are the three different names of the final event on Guts? Or, sorry, the three different iterations, I should say. Alex. 
<laughs> it's uh, I, I love the 90s because everything was super and extreme and mega and all that stuff. Then uh, Guts fell right into it. So you, you had the aggro crag and then you had the mega crag and then you had the super aggro crag. Hell yeah. And they all looked more fiercer than the previous one, too. <laughs> yes, yeah. they did. And here's a bonus question that any of you can get that's tied to question seven. How tall is this event reported to be? So how tall is the aggro crag? I don't it's, know. You can say ballpark if you don't know the exact number. Is it, Within, it's, 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 over, it's over 20 feet. I know that. I don't think it's over 30, but I in between but still Kristen any guesses I, I would, I'm with the same thing I'd say it's probably around 25 like looking at how many stories it might be but well you actually both got it because I said ballpark within like 5-10 feet and the answer is 28 feet tall good job Nice. So you just, you just get a point there, and Alex gets three. So now it's Kristen with six points, and Alex with eight. All comes down to the last question. Hands on your buzzers. And I'm going to make this one five points instead of three to make it more interesting. So for question eight, the final question. Joey Fatone of the boy band NSYNC was known to have appeared on, uh, as a contestant on an episode of Nick Arcade. Which Backstreet Boy singer appeared as a contestant on Guts in season one of the show? What was his team color and what was his Guts nickname? Do you remember who it was, Christian? No, I don't even remember who all the boys are in the band. Christian, <laughs> oh. Christian, oh. I am so glad. <laughs> no, I, I am not a Backstreet Boys fan. Uh, I am pure, pure rock and roll fan. Uh, so anytime someone mentions anything boy bands or girl bands or anything, I do heavy eye roll. But uh, and my wife is over here going, oh, right. <laughs> but my wife is as evidenced by the extreme in the corner. My, my wife is a huge Backstreet Boys fan. And um, there's actually a DVD of uh, Nickelodeon Games and Sports. And it had uh, an episode of Guts, uh, two episodes of Legends and Double Dare and things like that. But they had this episode on there. And uh, I didn't think anything about it. I, To me, it was just another episode. And then my wife starts freaking out going, is that AJ? Is, it, is that AJ McLean? That's AJ McLean. And I was like, who is AJ McLean? You don't know? No. It's a Backstreet Boy. Oh, Okay, but, but obviously it's it's AJ, and uh, he was on the blue team, and because I've seen this so many times on uh, in the Nickelodeon groups, that the, the screen cap is always shared, but uh, it's it was AJ Mean McLean. Yeah, it gets shared all the time. Did you guys know that AJ, a Backstreet Boy, was? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> See. I'm not on social media, so I wouldn't have known that unless you told me right now, Alex. But yeah, I figured this would be fun for a final question. So take with it what you will. <laughs> but yes, you, you got it. It was a clean sweep. You got uh, five points for that. So you the final score is now Kristen with 
six points and Alex with a whopping 13. I should have picked a different question Good so job, we wouldn't get that. Good job, Alex. You're no slouch either, Christian. You got a few good questions in there. Oh yeah, you did. You did good. Yeah. If my if if Megan wasn't such a big Backstreet Boys fan, I, I never would have known that one. I mean, even even with the screen cap as many times as I had seen it, uh, I it wouldn't have stuck until my wife starts to beat me over the head with it. What is it with boy bands going on Nick game shows? <laughs> I don't know. I don't it, know. I mean, it, it, like a lot of them were also on Disney Channel kid shows too. So I wonder if that yeah, is like the right were. combination of things that molds you into like a, a boy band well, group singer. Well, also, I mean, it kind of makes sense because they're they're targeting that demographic. So I guess it would make sense for that that the game shows would invite them to come be on the show, especially mm. since they're already getting a bunch of boy bands and girl bands and R&B singers and things like that to be featured on a bunch of different Nickelodeon properties. So I, I can see why they kept making appearances once they became who they right. were. Right. But prior to, because this is before he was a uh, Backstreet Boy, and I think Joey Fatone also, yep. before he was part of the Backstreet Boys, was on NSYNC. It just happened to be that they were, <laughs> they were on the shows prior to uh, being on the band. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun to think about. But uh, yeah, congratulations again to both of our competitors. Uh, I'm sorry I don't have any glowing pieces of the Radical Rock or medals to give you, but you have the satisfaction of competing, winning, and being a team player. So with that being said- I'll buy one from you. <laughs> I mean, I'd love one too. Uh, did, you, did you know that the Nick Box version of the Agrocrack from the 2016 Winter Box is going for like $125 on eBay now? And that thing's only like Are miniature you size. Serious? Yeah, it's only like four inches tall, and I saw the prices wow. today because I'm like, hmm, I wonder if that's the thing. Gosh, yeah, crazy. And the, I mean, it, it, just to tie in with the Nick box, but the the Oblina umbrella is super ridiculously expensive too. Yeah, people go nuts for Which that stuff fitting. once they mature after a certain age. Yeah. yeah, when it goes from like, oh, I remember that to super nostalgic. <laughs> Um, Alex, shall we wrap this episode up? Yes, let's do. What is our closing question for today? Our closing question is, if you were to compete on Guts, Slimesters, what would your contestant nickname be? You know, we've heard a few different examples throughout this episode. So, you know, DM us on Instagram or email us at Splatattack Podcast um, or on YouTube. Uh, email is Splatattack 2021 at gmail.com, by the way. And let us know what your nickname would be and what team color you'd be on. We always love hearing from you. Um, I, I gave this one a little bit of thought before we recorded our episode, and I decided that I would like to be called Brett Hyperdrive Wilson, since I was known to be fast and agile in high school and also good with tech. What color? I, I would be on the blue team. I love blue as a kid. as like my blue surrogate team. color to green. Yeah. And uh, just because they often did something that kind of went with uh, their last name, uh, I can hear Alex Nitro Nance. Oh, I like that. And uh, <laughs> like everything else, I would want to be Team Red. Very cool. But anyway, thank you 
so very much, Kristen, for coming out and being a part of this. Uh, hope to have you again in a later season for our Legends episode, where we can talk about when you were on that as well. Yeah, you're welcome. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Our pleasure. And, uh, again, a big, a big thank you to Viva 90s for giving us the lead on that. So oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And also, if you guys don't follow Viva 90s on Instagram, you should. Awesome, awesome profile. Uh, very nostalgic. Check them out. Definitely. Uh, well, tune in next time as we plunge into the science tank uh, and take one wild bus ride from school to our second P&P episode battle, DOS Bus versus Yellow Fever. We figured, you know, why not have another uh, back to school special episode like we did with 15 versus uh, Welcome Freshman from season one. So you're not going to want to miss all this zany action. And uh, Carl from 90s NickTube on Instagram will be our judge for that. Uh, he will be the one passing or flunking us based on our driving skills and how we can handle bus driver <laughs> students throughout the episode. So uh, you don't want to miss that. Show up for, you know, next episode as we do that. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I feel like at this point we, we're going to have an episode battle for every season of P&P because I already figured out one for spring as well. So that's going to be fun uh, when we get there too. And I think you know which two episodes I'm going to use. <laughs> Probably, probably have a hazard a good guess. Yeah. Um, so thank you so so much again, Kristen, for joining us for this episode. And uh, I think you know before we head out to Nickelodeon Studios, um, I'm go I'm going to give a, a quick climb up the Acrocrag just for fun before they disassemble it. Uh, you know because they gotta they gotta break it down and take the Acrocrag on tour. So while I go do that, Alex, will you drain the slime tank for us, please? I, I cook, Captain. And remember last episode, they chased me around, so be careful. I think there's a temple guard from Legends who's following you. What? I was just kidding about that. I didn't think he would follow us into this episode, but I guess since I talked about Legends, he heard about it, and now now I gotta watch my back. Oh, wait. I think I see him over there. Alex, help me. I need a pendant of life, quick. Give me one. He's coming at me really fast. Ah, ah. Watch you later, slime Reprise the theme song and roll the credits. Hard to believe, folks, but it's time to say goodbye. Nighty night. Hey, check us out next time for more adventure and another great legend of the Hidden Temple. What do we do till then? Chill for a couple. We'll be back. You're on there. And it was time for the superhero to move on. I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. Bye-bye. Oh, kind of person to get the body working to the level of precision that's needed to be risen to the top. Do you have it? It takes a certain kind of something to keep the heart pumping, something everybody needs to achieve to succeed. You'll need a lot. Do you have it? Do, 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 do you have it?